Hui Maliola proudly presents Leo Kupa, a ho'olono mai, the thought-provoking podcast on perpetuating Hawaiian healing and wellness. Brought to you this month by the Indigenous Soap Company. Created on the island of Oahu, the Indigenous comes from their passion in using native medicinal herbs and oils from all over the world. Alana Natural Therapy in town and Pico Akea Therapeutic Lomi and Rehabilitation Massage in Kailua. Mama Lani, all natural deodorants, body powders, and body products. Aloha Aina packaging, handmade by Hawaiians. Hawaiian Kava Center, LLC, growers, purveyors, and supporters of Kava from Hawaii. Lotus Blossoming You, Lomi Lomi, Ho'oponopono, Farm La'au Lapa'au, Dula, and Palewahine Birth Support Services. And Ho'oulu Aina, a welcoming place of refuge where people of all cultures sustain and propagate the connections between the health of the land and the health of the people. Leo Kupa is hosted by Kamakanui Ahailono Jingao. Na auma kwaya ka hina kwaya ka hina alo ika hikina ikomohan na kupu na mahalo piha e homai kai 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 kahaman yo mania uko Mania mako, mania kako, amama uano, eho omana, kako, aloha, eho lonomai. Welcome to Leo Kupa from us at Hui Maoliola. The mission of Hui Maoliola is to perpetuate Hawaiian healing and wellness and empowering our people through healing. This little Kupa podcast is a way of capturing the stories of empowerment from our kupuna and practitioners in our community. Today we welcome to Leo Kupa, Makana Bisachai. Aloha Makana. Aloha. Makana researched and authored the Bishop Museum book, Namo'olelo Lomi Lomi, Traditions of Hawaiian Massage and Healing. The book compiles every article and oral history she could find in the archives and old journals from 1794 to the 1930s. She has continued her research by interviewing kupuna, attending workshops, and receiving lomi lomi as her primary medical care. She followed up that book with another lomi lomi book, Hawaiian Massage Lomi Lomi, Sacred Touch of Aloha. Makana was also a past guest presenter at Mauliola Wednesdays at Papahana Kuaola and a former board member of Hui Mauliola. Recently, Makana also published the book, Mindful Multitasking, which is exercises we can do for the mind, body, heart, and spirit. Makana, continue with that intro and share with us your inspiration and, you know, how these books came to, came to be. Uh, mahalo for having me, and um, it's a very humbling experience to be here and to be with the kupuna who've gone before. I was um, living in California and uh, decided to move to Hawaii. And I was on the big island uh, scoping it out. I went to every island to decide um, where I would like to live. 
And while I was on the Big Island, I just happened to pick up a newspaper and read an article about Auntie Margaret Machado. And she um, inspired me, or the article inspired me, and I thought, well, this would be a great transition when I moved from California to Hawaii to go study with her for a month. So I signed up, and about a year later, there I was in Kealakukua Bay at Auntie Margaret's. And being an attorney, I like to read. So my first day, I asked her and her daughter, Narita, you know, what books can I read? And they said, there aren't any books. And that first weekend, I thought, you know, there has to be books. So I went to all the bookstores on the big island. Kona, I went to Kohala, and there's no books. So when I came to Oahu, and then I was working at the Lomi shop at Women Mall, and I asked them the same thing, any books, no. And one of our kupuna there was a research librarian um, at the library. And she said, no, there's no books. So I thought, you know, there have to be books, you know. So yeah. I read uh, Kamakau, all the Kamakau books, John Papa Ii, David Malo. And I think there was like two sentences. Capolino, uh, I had a couple sentences. And then uh, the auntie, uh, who was a re- librarian, said, uh, why don't you try the medical library? So I called them and went in, and they had found a paragraph. And then the librarian there said, well, why don't you try the state archives? So I walked across the state archives, and they I found an art, a whole article. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was quoting all of these journals, these old journals. So then I went to the state library and I read the old journals. And after I had exhausted everything there, then they said, well, why don't you try the Bishop Museum archives? So I went over there. So basically what I was doing is once a week, I would go to one of these places. And when I was at the Bishop Museum archives and I'd been going there for um, probably a couple months, one of the research librarians said, "Um, you know, tell me about the book you're writing. And I said, oh, I'm not writing a book. I'm just doing this for fun. And she's like, you have to write a book. And then just about that same time, Keola Chan was going to the the Bishop Museum archives asking about Lomi Lomi. And they said, oh, you should meet Makana. So we met. And he said, yeah, you know, write the book. So I don't have to do this anymore. (laughs) So... um, I had written a book before for Prentice Hall about law, and I knew how hard it is to write a book, and so I prayed on it, and um, God said yes. So um, I then had to go back and kind of redo all the work because I hadn't been keeping good notes, you know, and in it took about three years to put the book together. Well, mahalo, mahalo for doing all this work and going to, you know, Bishop Museum and doing that research, you know, so that, you know, a lot of us who maybe don't have that time or abilities to do this research can now um, lean on some of your research. So thank you. <laughs> it sounds a lot like um, I was talking to Uncle Malcolm on the last Leo Koopa and he was doing a lot of like the labor of going and doing all this research and you know spending those times at the Bishop Museum and the archives, just the hours and hours of that, weeding through all those materials to find certain gems. Exactly, yeah, because they don't have, maybe they do now, but in those days, Lomi Lomi was in an index category at the archives, so I had just had to look under health, and they would bring out 
you know, a big box of files, and they give you one file, and you look through it, nothing, give them the file back, they give you another file, you look through it, and I would find maybe a um, sentence. The longest thing I found was like a couple paragraphs. So, fortunately, I like to read. <laughs> yeah, good thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> so, what were... Um, I know there's probably a lot of challenges that came up when writing these books because you also got the other Lomi book also. What were some of the, the difficulties with doing this kind of stuff besides, you know, that time and going article to article, you know? Is there other challenges that, that arose trying to put these books together? One challenge that is probably because I'm not Hawaiian is changing my worldview. So when I went in, even though I had learned from Auntie Margaret that Lomi Lomi is more than just massage, my original thinking was I want to write a, do this book about Lomi Lomi as massage. Mm. And if I just looked at it that way, I mean, I have a chapter on massage, but that was all I could find because so much of it was about pule and ho'oponopono and... Um, osteopathy, you know, studying bones and reviving people from the dead and and ohana kainlomi and cleansing. I could have done a whole book on enemas. Uh, and, and I'm not planning on doing that. You but should. <laughs> we, we, we need a, cleansing, I think, is very important. I have a chapter on it. but I, So I had to, first of all, expand my personal definition of what lomi lomi is and realize it's so much more. Then another aspect uh, that was uh, slightly challenging, again, because of my worldview, is, um, and also somewhat from Auntie Margaret, because when I was studying with her, she came to Oahu one weekend to do a workshop, and when she came back, she was telling us that somebody was demoing Lomi Lomi at this workshop, and she said they weren't doing it right. So from that, I kind of got this idea that there's only one way to do Lomi Lomi. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing my research, I found people contradicting each other. You know, one starts on the front, one starts on the back, one starts at the top, one starts at the bottom. So I realized that I just have to put everything in and not make judgments. So whenever I found something contradictory, I made a point of including that. And then another challenge that kind of related to that was Capolino said that um, Lomi Lomi was uh, a bad thing, that the Lomi Lomi was responsible for the the kukai, the excrement of the chief, and it was um, a position that uh, was a degraded position. So I put that in, but then I said, you know, I think the reason he says this is because he grew up in the Catholic Church. And I don't believe it was a degraded position because the word for it, uh, that position was, I think, um, it's not hanohano, but I think it's hahano, which relates to famous and exalted. And, of course, the excrement of a chief had to be very carefully handled and hidden because it could be used as bait in sorcery. Mm -hmm. So there were just those kinds of mental ideas that I had to overcome while I was doing this work and try to be very much non-judgmental, not try to put my own opinion in or the couple times that I did, like with that Capolino quote, to 
to be very clear that this is my interpretation of wh why he said this, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Was there a, a reason why Auntie Margaret said that that Lomi Lomi was was wrong or anything like that? Or do, do you remember? If I, you know, she just, <laughs> I believe that she, what she was saying is that it's not her Lomi Lomi. Oh. And so I do find that the Kupuna, many of the Kupuna who I've interviewed since, they learned it the way they learned it from their Kupuna. Yeah. So to them, that's it's the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and what other people do, you know, they can be gracious, but basically they're like, my way is the best way. Yeah. <laughs> and you can understand that. Absolutely, absolutely. So share with us your time of um, spending with Auntie Margaret. You know, it's always good hearing the stories of um, studying with some of the Kupuna that's you know, no longer with us, you know, and the work is still being being carried on in a lot of different facets because a lot of people through their genealogy have studied with Auntie Margaret, maybe not directly, but indirectly. You know, I, I was able to study with Makala and indirectly, you know, like I was able to study with Auntie Margaret, you know, so mm -hmm. um, that firsthand experience, like can you share with us a little bit about studying with Auntie Margaret? I came late to the game. Um, I was there in October of 2000, and she had had um, basically a stroke um, before then. She was talking. She was there every day. She um, told us stories. She gave us Lomi. We gave her Lomi. So she was definitely there, but the primary teacher was her daughter, Narita. But I do remember that she, um, well, of course, she had this wonderful mana and a beautiful spirit and she often talked about giving Lomi to the Kikala, the hip, and she specifically would talk about the gluteus medius, but she would just call it the medius. And she talked about it quite frequently. Well, one day towards the end we were doing Lomi, giving each other Lomi and it was just a beautiful day and you know the sun on the water and the plumeria trees and it had been quiet whereas before she was would walk us through by this point we kind of knew what we were doing and all of a sudden she breaks the silence and she goes I'm going to tell you something I've never told you before and everybody stops you know and, and the people land at the table you know get up you know put up their heads and then she goes the medius is very important <laughs> <laughs> the medius and you know what we all laughed, but I never forgot it. Yeah. And uh, actually, the first Lomi that I did after graduating from her was at the Honolulu Marathon. And oh, those guys love the medias. <laughs> oh, that's classic. So, yeah, we're going to have to check out more medias action, you know, that's very important, you know. And oh, that's funny that Auntie Margaret, that was her pointer for everyone is hey, learn more about the medias. That, and then, of course, she was very big on cleansing, um, very big on um, the spa, the hot the hot spa, and um, pule. So nice. those were the things that she would really emphasize. So was there specific things during the cleansing that she would emphasize as far as, like, you know? Well, you know, I wasn't, I never went to a 10-day cleanse that, like she did because she had stopped them at that point. But basically... She said, and Narita said, you know, whenever they got sick, um, she would say, here, you know, drink the salt water and cleanse it, you know, get it out of your system. 
So to her, that was really salt the water fir- cleansing. Yes, yeah. not on the not on the body. Yeah, Drink. internally. Yeah. So would they use actual sea ocean water? Would she they- used ocean water, but she got it from the um, I think it's called the Nas- Natural Energy Lab in Kona. So it comes from like two thousand feet down, because she was concerned about the pollution mm. at the you know at the surface level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. So, I know that second book is where you did a lot of talking with a lot of the kupunas. When these kup- when throughout talking with these kupunas, was there, you know, they everyone wants to know like what is lomi lomi, you know, like what is their interpretation of lomi lomi? Was there some keywords that some of these kupunas used that was important? I know you said for Auntie Margaret was like pule, you know. Was there other keywords that stuck out when you were? doing some of these conversations i think pule was the the common theme of all of them because they're so different you know uncle alva kind lomi lomi was a lot of joint manipulation and almost like chiropractic whereas uh, uncle donald kaihua was very very soft gentle almost like um, energy work um uncle Kaipokaniakua, he ranges, you know, in any given treatment, he can go from the very, very gentle to excruciating pain where I am screaming on the table. And, you know, of course, he just laughs. (laughs) Why are you resisting, he says, you know. (laughs) So um, I I think Pule is the one thing, though, that kind of... um, puts them all together stitch you know weaves them all together is the the idea that they are not the healer that god is the healer and that they're just the channel for god's healing so with that being said you know if you know so obviously cannot have lomi lomi without that pule aspect and right on that's always uh interesting to hear what our kupuna you know i know that that perspective these days is is um different yeah we try to keep it you know a lot of those old traditions of how we learn our lomi you know i know what lomi lomi tends to evolve you know um from these kupunas that you was able to talk to what did they give hints of what they thought the future of lomi lomi looked like or you know if if Auntie Margaret, you know, was here today, you know, what would she, you know, think of Lomi Lomi, the future of Lomi Lomi? I think one of the things that the kupuna that I talked to really wished for and hoped for was young Hawaiians taking up Lomi Lomi. For Auntie Margaret, for example, she had a niece, well, her, her daughter, her one daughter, who she really saw as the person to perpetuate her teaching and that daughter died of breast cancer so then her other daughter Narita came on and Narita did perpetuate the teachings for many 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 years and did a beautiful job of it but there was no one in the family after her who took it on in the direct line of the family there's a cousin but um, you know the, it really saddened her that young Hawaiians in those days just were not interested and in fact when Auntie Margaret passed away I was 
interviewed by the newspaper and I hadn't thought about it until that moment that when Auntie Margaret started, she was blasted by people in the Hawaiian community. How dare you teach this to non-Hawaiians? How dare you teach this outside your family? And her response was, I need to perpetuate my work and if there's no Hawaiians who want to learn, then I need to teach it to somebody. And it's God's work, it's not my work, it's not up to me to say who gets it. Well, by the time she had passed, many in the community had come around to her point of view and realized that it was a blessing that she did that because it did perpetuate it. And today, I think she would be thrilled to see all the young folks who are doing it and who are perpetuating it and not only perpetuating, but you know, kind of taking it to a new level. So uh, I think she is very happy about that, where she is in heaven. But it's still an issue for other kupuna, living kupuna, that no one in their families want to learn it. And so they're teaching people from Hawaii, people from the the U.S., people from Japan, people from Europe. I mean, all these people are coming from all over the world to learn it. And in some ways, it's wonderful. And in some ways, it's sad that we don't have more more young people. But at least we have some now. So, um, so that's one part of seeing the future. The other part, I always think of Kayla Chan when I think about the future because his vision is, uh, or the he was the first person to tell me the vision of Lomi Lomi in every ohana. You know, that that's what it was. It, what You didn't go to an expert and pay money or fish in the, those days. You know, it was just done in the family. And how wonderful it would be if every family had Lomi Lomi. Yeah, definitely. I think that's very important, you know, as a ways of building relationships within the families, you know, that sense of, um, the younger generation maybe loaming their kupuna or the kupuna loaming their the keiki you know so that yeah that that's an awesome goal mahalo kiola for uh, sharing that and having that vision of trying to get more lomi lomi back in the homes and um, you know it doesn't really need to be the technical side of it you know it's just that relationship aspect of it and just that nurturing that you know loaming with aloha or with that pule where you cannot do no wrong yeah you know? touch touch is so important i did a little bit of lomi lomi i'm a licensed massage therapist and did a little bit of lomi lomi after i um, got my license and then i decided i didn't like doing it as a job you know uh-huh. so i had one um, last client who was in his 80s and he was dying and I was seeing him once a week and he was paying me and then um, one day he said you know I cannot pay you anymore and I said oh I'm so glad because I don't want you to pay me I want to just be your friend so I still saw him you know once a week until he passed but at the end his skin was so fragile that you couldn't really I couldn't even touch his skin with my hands so I would put the uh, the sheet over him and just rub, you know, gently rub or just hold areas and um, he found it so nurturing and so just that that touch and that human connection 
is really what Lumi's about. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be important going forth, you know, because I know there's a lot of kupunas coming up, you know, and that just being around, you know, a lot of times we, everyone is so busy these days that some people get um, neglected or left behind, you know, where all they want is interaction, touch, association, you know, so I think that's going to be important going forth, you know, within Ohana's, you know, is making sure that we keep that, um, that aspect alive of that touch and that personal connections. Yeah, mahalo for that. Well, we can flip through your book. We've got a couple of your books right over here, so we can maybe just open them up and then you can kind of just share with us some of the stories we got. Namu'olelo Lomi Lomi over here. So this was done a lot with the research that you were doing at the Bishop Museum. And then this Hawaiian massage Lomi Lomi book was more the the interview conversations and working with? I worked more with kupunas. So what happened was I did the Bishop Museum book and as with any book that anyone ever writes, they expect it to be a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> and uh, so I went, I introduced it at the an AHA, annual AHA of the Hawaiian Lomi Lomi Association. And, you know, some people bought the book, but a lot of people said, oh, there's too many words inside. You know, I think that... Pictures, visual people. <laughs> right. I'm a visual person. Show me pictures. Exactly. So then I thought, well, doing another book where, first of all, we document some of the contemporary Lomi Lomi, including people who had passed, like Papa Awai, but he's still of our generation. And then also those who at that time, uh, like Uncle Alva, Papa Kay, and then those who are still with us, like Dane Silva um, and Kaipo Kaniakua. So I just took pictures, and then I would take kind of my favorite quotes from the Bishop Museum book, and then my, just put a little bit about the kupuna. I wish I had now that I had put more about the kupuna, but I was thinking this would be the second book, and then there would be a third book, but the third book hasn't happened yet. In time, in time, it'll be. I shouldn't say that I took the pictures because obviously I didn't. They were taken by an amazing photographer, John Kalani Zak, and then I took his pictures and paired them with the quotes. But I like these quotes over here in that second book, you know, page 46, you know, um, from Auntie Mary Kavanapukui. Hawaiians of old clear the ways with prayers before they began any undertaking. You know, and then right below that, Papa Henry Awai, in 1968, 80% of healing is spiritual and 20% la'au. You know, so they always knew the importance of pule and that being vessels, you yes. know. Yes, yes. Nice, and over here we got Kavai Kapu Kalani. Yeah, Kavai Kapu Okalani Hewitt and uh, Noilani um, doing Pule again. And then Kaipo Kaniakua. Kuna Kaipo. Yeah, and, and then, I know you, um, you're talking about some of the lessons um, you learned by receiving Lomi Lomi, you know. And yeah, so I've been seeing um, Kaipo and, and mostly and other Lomi Lomi practitioners and Actually, before I mention lessons learned for Kaipo, one of the other 
common themes among all of the practitioners that, again, coming from a Western perspective was a little bit different for me, is that when you go for a massage in uh, a regular spa, it's quiet, you know, low light, music, incense, flowers. Uh, when you get one Lomi Lomi from a practitioner, you know, it's usually at their house. Um, there could be kids and dogs and cats and aunties and uncles walking through, and they're talking the whole time, either to you or to other people. So um, it's just a very different kind of environment, you know, um, which I love. And it, it did take me a while to get used to that idea. But with Kaipo, I've gone to, the first time I went to see him actually, um, I had some, I woke up one morning with a mysterious ailment. Uh, I couldn't uh, move my arms above my shoulder level. My both shoulders were just extremely painful. So I went to see my a chiropractor and he wasn't able to help. And then uh, over the course of two years, I went to see acupuncturist, naturopath, osteopath. Then I started going into the Western medical and seeing a neurologist and an orthopedic surgeon and all these folks. And finally, um, somebody said, well, of course, the surgeon said this, you know, we, we can't see from the MRI that there's any problem, but we should just open you up and look around. And I was so desperate that I said yes. So I was telling a friend of mine about this, and she said, oh, Lomi Lomi didn't work? And I'm like, duh, I never went to try one Lomi Lomi. So I knew, you know, pretty a lot of practitioners, and I always thought that if I had a problem, I would go see Kaipo. So I went to see him, and in one session, he eliminated 95% of my problem. And in the next session, it was all gone. Wow. So that made me a believer. And then when I called the surgeon to cancel, they scolded me. They said, you know, if you cancel, we'll never schedule you for a surgery again. I'm like, oh, no, not that. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing you don't need it anymore. Yeah, so... So I've seen him many times since, and what's interesting about Kaipo is every time is different. So um, sometimes I I show up, and he takes one look at me, and he says, get on the table. Uh, Other times, like one time I showed up when I was working for the Office of Hawaiian Affairs, and he takes one look at me, and he goes, it's Oha, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And then he tells me all these hilarious stories about when Oha was first founded, when he was around, you know, there, and the different personalities and so on. Um, Sometimes he'll just have me laughing and laughing. One time I was on the table, and, you know, I'm kind of trying to relax and kind of space out a little bit, I guess, and... And he started going on and on about, well, you know, when you go to one potluck, um, you got to bring Tupperware because you got to bring the leftovers. <laughs> he's going on and on about you got to label your Tupperware, and, and I'm just cracking up. Um, one time I went to him, and I had a you know a medical issue, and he asked, he spent 45 minutes asking questions. And finally, he looks up. He looks up, and he raises his hands to heaven, and he said, "Lord, help me." And then put me on the table. Um, I went to see him when I had an ulcer, 
and mostly just to get a get more relaxed. And he um, helped me helped me get relaxed. But then I was having a hard time eating and swallowing. It was just like my mouth was dry, or somehow I just couldn't eat. And so I called him one night and I said, I can't eat. I, I'm trying to swallow and I can't swallow. And he's quiet, you know, for a minute. And then he says, beer. And I said, what? He said, beer. I said, B-E-E-R? And he goes, yeah. Or maybe tequila. You need to relax. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had some beer and I relaxed. I was able to eat. (laughs) There you go. So what... What's amazing to me, and I think this is true Lomi Lomi, is that he meets me where I am. Mm-hmm. That he's very, um, I don't know if the word is spiritual or, or intuitive, but that he's able to open himself to exactly where I am and exactly what I need at that time. And to me, that's Lomi Lomi. Amen. Like Uncle Kaipo would say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome stories from Uncle Kaipo and, you know, being worked on. And I like it how not all the sessions are the same. You know what I mean? Because sometimes people get wrapped around like this routine, you know, like we're going to do certain things for certain people. And we got this routine down where, you know, meeting someone halfway where they at, where, you know, sometimes you might have to work on them, you know on their front first you might have to work on their opu first you might have to spend 45 minutes and talking to them because maybe that's what they need you know and um so model for sharing that you know because people we gotta always understand that you know there's more to it than just one routine that we were sometimes set on you know what i mean like yeah the routine feel good you know but sometimes getting down to that root cause might need a little change up you know and uh changing up that process could be could be good yeah the other thing about him is that i the shortest lummy i've ever had from him was an hour that was a quickie um the first one he did was three hours when i went in for my shoulders so he often um you know, goes two, three hours, and then by the time you have the conversation at the beginning and the conversation at the end, so I always give myself at least five, five, six hours <laughs> to see so him. So you spend a whole day with Uncle Taipo. Exactly. I gotta call Uncle Al. I need one five hour Uncle Taipo. But just remember, he'll find the spots where he, he he's so strong, you know. And that's the other thing I like both about him um, and um, Dane Silva. Both of them are such beautiful role models for us as Lomi Lomi practitioners. You know, they're so healthy. And I've gone on herb walks with Uncle Kaipo, and, you know, we're all a quarter his age, you know, and we're dropping like flies, and he's you know, keeps going and going yeah. and going. And uh, same thing with Dane, you know, that they're just so, um, they're just such beautiful examples of, I think, the way Hawaiians were as a group you know before contact uh, very healthy and the other thing about um, many of our practitioners and them I notice especially is they're always learning and they're always adding so Kaipo you know learned from his kupuna but he also studies nutrition and he's very big on studying nutrition and learning about the different vitamins and the different minerals and 
what's important for our bodies. And Dane, of course, having a background also in chiropractic and acupuncture, he brings all of that to his work. So um, it's not just, oh, I took one class and I got it. You know, they're constantly learning and studying the science and the, the new research that's coming out. So still being teachable no matter what age you are, they still continue to add tools to their tool belt. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, some great pointers for like future practitioners is, you know, like being teachable, you know, and continuing to learn because sometimes we get comfortable at a point where, hey, we, we got it, you know, but that's good that even these kupunas who are esteemed kupunas in our community are still learning and still being teachable and seeking out that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right on. Thank you for that. Papa K, Papa Kipolino. Um, anything about Papa K over here? Papa K had such a beautiful uh, mana, you know, that he was just. Um, there's so many of the kupuna that you begin to heal as soon as you see them. You know, the moment that you look into their eyes, you feel yourself relaxing. You know, you feel yourself the stress leaving you and again it's that that whole healing process that just it's it's not you get on the table and then the healing begins it begins before before you even show up because they're praying for you when you're on the calendar to come in you know they're waking up that morning and and already um thinking about you and praying for you yeah I remember uh, spending some time, we got the opportunity to go up to the big island to um, spend some time with Papa K. And then he would do that, the ha, you know. And um, it's very interesting because we're Ohana from Kohala area. Oh. So it was interesting, you know, at that time. Um, yeah, it was very interesting that we got to spend time and the, the immense outpour of his mana to help people heal you know by doing his ha you know it takes a lot for you to you know i know he was saying that you know he uses it um when people really need the help you know and um that's pretty giving when you're going give of your breath and your your mana to restore someone else's you know and and at that point i think he was he had one of his legs um amputated at that time too right, you know right. um, so mahalo papa K for taking care of the people and yeah so you just give me through this book Uncle Alva's yeah Uncle Alva's over here with his Paola Hawaii shirt Yeah, so we have kupuna, and then I also wanted to have young young folks in there. And one of the one of the um, uh, I guess you could say challenges, or after the book came out, um, someone said to me, a kupuna said to me, oh, you know, you don't have. All of the oh. masters inside there. I'm like, I hope not. <laughs> you know, and people ask, you know, how did you pick these people? They're just the ones that I was led to. 
So um, some of them like Papa Kalua Kayahua, I never met. I'm, I'm sad that I never met him. Um, but I met people in his lineage and we wanted to honor him. And, um, and then there's some, some very young people. When we did, um, we went to see Auntie Angeline in uh, Losi on Kauai. And she, at that point, had had a stroke and was not practicing anymore. But we had her granddaughter, Malia, um, do a, a salt scrub, which is what they did in this, inside the spa. And when we were taking pictures, we always asked the practitioners to have um, a model, you know, somebody that they could work on. But when we went there, um, the person did not show up that day. So, oh, well, I guess I have to do it. <laughs> so I got to be the model for the Pa'akai. And I had never had a salt scrub. And I had never, uh, I think that was the first time I met Malia. So I'm on the table. And, you know, there's a photographer. There's people standing around. You know, there's all this stuff going on, lights, camera, action. And we're do she's doing a treatment, but it's not, you know, a treatment like a treatment. And within... A minute of being on that table I was transported to a, a place where I felt like I was lying on the beach and the ocean waves were just gently coming over me and giving me at one salt scrub with the ocean and you know then gradually I came back and realized I'm in the middle of a photo shoot <laughs> <laughs> but what that brought home to me is how powerful Lomi Lomi is, you know, that um, it can take you to a place that you had no intention of going, that no idea that that was going to happen, but it, it's a very, very powerful mana. Absolutely. Angeline Lucy. And then Dane, Dane Silva in the, he's giving a, a a water lomi lomi treatment to his daughter in that picture. Um, it's similar to what in in California they call a watsu, um, a water shiatsu kind of thing. But this is in the warm uh, warm ponds in Puna. And this right over here, we got his. Kind of his quote over there. The healers of old recommended warm baths to cure a dull headache and for sicknesses that come at house building time. In special places along the eastern coast of Hawaii, pools of geothermal heated water are used daily for their healing powers by bathers. The warm, buoyant water soothes muscles and arthritic joints while reducing the full effects of gravity. Nice. So I love that thing about the headaches that come at house building time. Like if you've ever remodeled a kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> like our kitchen got remodeled, but luckily we never have too many of those headaches. But <laughs> hey, lucky we live close by the ocean. We jump in the ocean. Not really the warm, hot water, but we had the ocean. So mahalo nui. Yeah. It's funny because some of my family from, from Japan using the fudo. Mm-hmm. Like every day, you know, being farmers, you know, the food was their way of, you know, helping the body relax, easing the body of pain. So, likewise, you know, these geothermal heated bats use daily 
daily. Yeah. Yeah. So at Auntie Margaret's, we would do lomi lomi um, during the day, and then in the, after every afternoon session, we would stoke up the the, the um, steam room and go in for a steam. So often, what we would do is actually get into the ocean first, then go steam, then get back in the ocean, and then um, it's time for dinner. <laughs> but that was a, a key point, key part of the of the therapy with her was doing the um, the uh, steam room. Nice. And then Auntie Mary Frigg is there. Um, giving Lomi Lomi to a woman who's hapai or pregnant and showing the husband how to give Lomi Lomi to his wife. That's an awesome picture, yeah. And that's Lomi Lomi in the house that we were just talking about, you know. Yeah, yeah, that it was something that was done um, by everybody. You know, everybody knew how to give basic Lomi Lomi. Yeah, if you had a a problem then you would go see someone more skilled and uh, we like to show Kaliko getting Lomi from the keiki you yeah. know because the keiki were learning how to give Lomi Lomi as well they should yeah you can tell that this book is uh, we just seen um, I bet these Kali, kids well, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all old now you know <laughs> Yeah, that book came out in uh, 2007 so well, Kaliko still look the same though <laughs> Nice. Leanne over here. Yeah, kind of demonstrating how to do just one chair lomi to uh, Mary, who's a surfer and can always use some lomi on her neck and shoulders. Yeah. Seated lomi. Donald Kayahua. The lomi practitioners, uh, many of them that I know, they just, they'll grab your arm or you know, or your shoulder or start. In fact, um, a couple years ago at the um, Hawaiian Lomi Lomi Association annual AHA, um, Uncle um, Alan Alapai was there, as he usually is. And um, I had as my goal, if you will, for that AHA was to get hands-on from him. Usually because there's people from all over the world there, I, I kind of, you know, sit back and and don't try to get a lomi because you know i'm here so i can yeah. i can go see him on Kauai. um although i never had but technically it was possible but at that lomi i for one reason or another i just thought i want to get a lomi from from alan so i was bebopping around and all of a sudden i realized he was doing a class over at the other part of the garden so i went over there and just as i walked over i was still about 10 yards from him he said um, okay finish up and I was like oh darn and then he said now now switch partners and I thought okay so I started walking towards him and he goes Makana come over here so I can give you one lomi so I sat down and he put his hands on me and the and he was demo, demoing walking people through a seated lomi he put his hands on my uh, neck and shoulders and as soon as he did that I thought of my grandmother my grandmother was a massage therapist, and she would um, give us massage. And so he started talking about his grandmother, 
and how whenever she would run into a friend at the store or what have you, she'd say, sit, sit, and she would start giving them a neck and shoulder lomi while talking story. And that's what my grandmother did. You know, she would do it on the bus. She would do it at family gatherings. She would give everyone a massage. And then at the end, she would, she would always start with me. And then at the end, she would have me give her one. And so after it was over and his hands felt like my grandmother's, you know, the exact same touch and the same size and everything. So afterwards, I had to ask him when he was born to see if maybe he was reincarnated. <laughs> you were born to see this grandmother. Yeah, but, uh, but he's, he was born before she passed. But uh, it was just so amazing to you know, be taken back to that, that time personally. But the other part of it was how it was just part of, that's how he is. You know, he'll just, you know, you'll be talking to him and he'll say, sit, sit. And a lot of the practitioners are that way, a lot of the kupuna, that they just start giving you lomi. So I know in some um, some lineages they say, oh, you know, we won't offer lomi, that someone has to ask us for lomi. But in other traditions, they just say, sit, I'm giving it to you, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, just different ways. Different ways. Oh, Ross Bird. There you go. I love that Jimmy picture because... Um, you know, if you just look at, his, without looking at his face, and you just see the tats on his shoulder, you might have one idea of, of what kind of person he is. Yeah. And then you look at his face, and he just looks like a little angel. And I didn't put it here, but this picture always reminds me of something that Alan Alapai says, which is, inside every person, there's a baby girl, baby boy. Oh, nice. And there's that baby boy right there. Yeah. Jimmy. Right on. There's a lappy there over here. Your says your trust, your honesty, your truth. That is what heals you. And there's Alan. And we were blowing bubbles. He loves to hand out bubbles and um, have people make bubbles at his sessions um, to engage the baby girl, baby boy inside each of us. And we, we threw in this picture on the side where he's laughing. He's actually laughing at me because I have a hard time blowing bubbles, so I was, I was like spitting bubble juice on him, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he said, you got to practice girl yeah yeah you gotta return to that childlike state of blowing bubbles exactly this was one of his quotes over here in 2005 my grandmother said forgiveness is the key that opens the heart the thing that gets in the way of the heart is the mind turn off the mind the mind is not us it is other people's voices once we forgive the voices the mind turns off when the mind goes off the heart opens life is a feeling not a thinking Life is a feeling, not a thinking. You know, that was, as an attorney, that was really hard for me to accept. <laughs> um, you know, because the way I look at things is life is a thinking, not a feeling. And I've had to learn from the kupuna. Um, that was a very important one. Another very important one was from Uncle Alva. The first time I heard him speak was at um, a Hawaiian Lomi Lomi 
AHA in, uh, I think it must have been 2004. And um, he said that his grandmother always said, empty your mind. Mm -hmm. Every day you want to empty your mind so that it's open to new information. But he kind of said, you know, just empty your mind. And I was like, what? (laughs) I can't do that. I can't do that. I've got to cling to everything that's in there. So that was another, again, you know, that Western versus Hawaiian perspective. And I think every you could have the Koko Hawaii, but still you're going to have the Western mindset to some extent because we live in a Western culture for the most part. And, um, you know, it comes from us in television and school and all of that. So we really have to empty the mind, you know, and, and realize that uh, not everything we know is right and... And it's the same idea as in Buddhism, you know, beginner's mind. Uh, but the idea of not clinging to what we know, but rather being opening mm-hmm. to what we don't know. Yeah, I think that opening, then you can get answers too. If you're, you know, if you're open, then you can hear your kupuna talking to you. You know, you can hear what maybe this person needs in this moment, you know, which might not be what you think it is. You mm-hmm. know, and they might have one kink in the neck and you think because they're a lifter that it's because of their lifting but you know it could be more mental emotional issues that they're going through that you know maybe they you know having issues at work you know or having issues in their home with their significant other with their kiki you know so I think being open or being you know emptying your mind so that you can hear those small voices to give you those answers that can you know, help out the person that you're working with or even for ourselves personally. Yeah, in my my new book called um, Mindful Multitasking, it's about doing exercises while we're doing something else and exercises for the body, mind, heart, and spirit. And all of them are supported by years of medical research, except the last one, which is called Listen and Watch for Answers. And it's about exactly that. It's about, you know, I think so often we pray or hope or wish for something, but then we're so busy, when the answer comes, we don't hear it. Mm-hmm. We don't see it. And, and then sometimes we're not even praying for something, but we need to receive advice or answers. So um, actually at the last Hawaiian Lumi Lumi Association, uh, AHA, which we had at... Uh, the volcano um, we were up at the um, uh, Kilauea military camp and we went out one day to the overlook of Kilauea and Dane Silva was um, you know he chanted and prayed and and then he was talking about ancestors and paying attention to our ancestors so I was just you know standing there and thinking about ancestors and I thought of my dad, who passed away now uh, about 40 years ago, and all of a sudden I heard my father's voice say, manage your investments. (laughs) (laughs) And that is such a thing my dad would say, you know? And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't on my list of things to do, it wasn't something I was planning on doing, but uh, I listened and came home and started paying attention and changed financial planners and and then started looking at 
insurance that I need. And uh, I just, just realized that I needed to pay more attention to that side of my life. So our kapuna, they have all kinds of advice for us, yeah. you know. Uh, but we need to find those those moments where we can be quiet and be open. So for yourself, um, as far as, you know, how do you you maintain that pono in your busy life being an author, you know, um, with your ohana and, you know, with what you do? How do you, you know, maintain that mana in your life or maintain that balance? Is there anything that makana does to... <laughs> Keep prepped up. I think the, the the one thing that I do every morning is meditate. Um, so I spend 20 minutes, and some days it's transcendent. Most days it's you know static and all these random thoughts. And then oh wait wait I got to get back to breathing. I got to get back to you know the mantra. Um, so that that has been the one thing that. I'm good about you know it's nice. like every day a daily discipline a daily discipline I when I was living in Kailu I walked on the beach every day and now that we're not living at the beach you know I, I really miss that or um, I was walking in the woods a fair amount um, up where the Heiau is at Aiea Heights State Park okay. uh, yeah so um, which I love that place um, but I have so every time I do it I feel wonderful, and I really feel it restores me. Um, and I don't do it as frequently as I would like. You know, so the one thing I do is that daily meditation. And I think whether it's, well, I guess the other thing, which is going to sound a little bit odd, maybe, but I do boxing, old school boxing. Old school. The old, old school's school the best school. The old, school, <laughs> the old school style. Okay, okay, okay. I work out with the Palola Boxing Club All right, three times right. a week. And um, that's actually been really, really helpful for um, both grounding me, you know, in my body and um, working out some of the stress. Mm -hmm. And also it's helped me understand the connection between Lomi Lomi and Lua. Because I talk about Lua in my Bishop Museum book, but I never, you know, I understood it intellectually, but I didn't understand physically the connection. But one of our coaches um, is, uh, uh, he does, it's not shiatsu, I can't remember what he calls it, but something like shiatsu. And sure enough, I mean, we all get injured. And he's over there working on us, you know, to work out the kinks or the whatever, the sprains or the strains or whatever happens. So then I, the light went off, you know, oh, now I understand why the two go together. Mm-hmm. So to your boxing, what's your what's your what's your go to? Is it the uppercut? Is it the Makana <laughs> uppercut or the one two? Or? I'm just happy if I can make it through the each workout. Yeah, you know? Shout out to Joey, man, <laughs> Mahalo Nui, for keeping everybody. You know, we always gotta find what works for us. You know what I mean? And and keep it up. You know, a lot of it is just that consistency and that being persistent. You know, and it's gonna come. A lot of um, ups and downs in life and just making sure we maintain and keep showing up you know so long we show up then we're good yeah 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 okay so these um books that you got mindful multitasking and some of these horn book where can people find it or 
Well, you can always find things on Amazon. Amazon. And then uh, the Namo Olelo Lomi Lomi book is also at the Bishop Museum bookstore. And I believe it's also at Barnes & Noble. Is there still Barnes & Noble? Where's that at? Barnes & Noble, is it there? Uh, yeah, Ala Moana. Okay, Ala Moana, yeah, Barnes yeah. & Noble. <laughs> still there. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Okay, any other... Um, exercises for from your mindful multitasking book that we can kind of implement you know is there well my number one is breathing breathing deep breathing diaphragmatic breathing um where we you know you really pull your belly out and then pull it in on the exhale because that uh stimulates the vagus nerve and whenever i talk about the vagus nerve people in my Audiences wake up, Vegas. Yes, let's go. <laughs> California, on, on the strip or California, where do people stay these days? I don't know? know, but it's spelled V A G U S. Okay. Uh, and actually, that was one of the questions on the, the state exam for uh, licensed massage therapists. I got wrong. I didn't know about the Vegas nerve in those days, but it um, it's our parasympathetic nervous system. So, and um, when we stimulate that nerve, it it improves our digestion, our sleep, it reduces stress hormones, it reduces inflammation, it just has all of these amazing benefits. So if we could just remember to deep breathe yeah. all the time. And then um, I have a section in there about seeing your car as a sanctuary and doing deep breathing and meditating while you're driving. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that's just breathing and focusing your attention, right? Or singing or chanting, I have in there chanting while you're in your car or anytime. That's what I do when I drive over to Pali every day. You know, you gotta do your olis, you know, and um, pule. Yeah. You know? and yeah. That's a perfect time to, to do those daily disciplines. Singing, you know, I love to sing upbeat songs. And so there's lots of things, or listen to positive podcasts. So I'm very big on uh, reducing the amount of news and increasing the amount of music and positive. positive. Nice. So, um, getting back to the lomi lomi aspect, what, what, from talking with some of these kupunas, if they could look at practitioners in the future, what would they see would be good characteristics or excellent characteristics of, of lomi lomi practitioners? You know, I know Auntie was talking about wanting to see a lot of young Hawaiian practitioners, you know, so for those practitioners coming up, what would be important for them to be great or excellent lomi lomi practitioners i think the pule is always first you know that they have a deep connection to god and that it's not just something that you oh okay i got a pule before i do this lomi you know that it's it is the first most important thing part of your life and it's something that you're constantly practicing um you know as the bible says pray without ceasing and then uh, secondly is the learning, you know, the always learning. Auntie Margaret herself, she learned some from her ohana, she learned some from other Lomi practitioners, and, and at one of our um, AHA for uh, the Lomi Lomi Association, Narita was doing a, a demo of um, what Auntie called Wiggly Wiggly, where you go down the spine. spine yeah. and. Narita said she taught that to Auntie that she learned that in nursing school, you know. So, you know, here we think, oh, it's this ancient Hawaiian tradition, you know, and then you come to find out it's not. So, but that's because she was constantly learning. 
and we're all constantly learning. So I think those are the two primary characteristics that um, they would look for. Great. So in the next, you know, if we could think ahead to the future, any any goals for a lot of some of our practitioners out there listening on Leo Kupa, you know, for the next 20 years, what do you see Lomi Lomi to be in the next 20 years here in Hawaii? I see it just growing and growing. I, I've seen so much happen in, um, I've only been here for 18 years, and from where I, what I saw when I first started to what folks are doing now with Hui Maliola and other groups, you know, on other islands, um, the Hawaiian Lomi Lomi Association, the first meeting that I went to, I think we had, you know, maybe 40 people there. Last year, we had over, I think we had 130 people there. And again, more and more Hawaiians are coming. So um, I think it's, we're just going to see more and more young Hawaiians practicing. And I think that's just wonderful. Great. Mahalo nui. Any, um, any final questions or stories you want to share with our little Kupa listeners out there? Well, we were talking before about Olalo Noyao, and um, I, you know, love Mary Kavena Pukui, and uh, it was always thrilling to me when I was in the archives and I would get a piece of paper that she had handwritten on. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is paper that she touched, um, and I love um, all her books, especially Nana Ike Kumu and um, the Polynesian Family System of Kau and Olala Noyal. But the one that always sticks with me is, um, and I, I can't do justice to the Hawaiian, but uh, life is in the mouth, death is in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, um, you know, the kupuna that I've met are so generous and so kind and so gentle in their words and in how they speak to people and again it's that idea that the lomi starts long before you're ever on a table um they appreciate they're grateful they're encouraging and so um that to me is something that i'm still trying to achieve um but it's it's something that i i work for mahalo thank you for sharing that very important you know for us to be mindful of that the words that we speak there's mana behind it you know and there's it's important that we speak words of kindness of love you know of empowerment so that people can feed off of that you know because if we you know speak bad you know to our keiki to our you know our family then that kind of can fester things that is not so positive and doesn't get us to doesn't empower our keiki and our future generation so that words that we use we gotta very be mindful of Mm -hmm. of those things I'm just rereading right now a classic old book uh, by Dale Carnegie How to Win Friends and Influence People people. and you know that's that's what he's talking about is you know finding the good and praising it Exactly, and smiling, you know, 
the importance of smiling uh, it's always yeah that's another great book that everyone should read you know how to win friends and influence people you know especially if we're working with a lot of people it's important that we can learn to build relationships you know and this book is a great book that helps us build relationships and and build good relationships with people mm-hmm. build relationships on trust on honesty and and with love aloha right on <laughs> um, any final words I just want to mahalo you for doing all the work that you're doing with Hui Maliola oh, easy easy <laughs> and easy. and pulling together all of these um, people who've been doing the podcast uh, when we first started talking about this was it about two years ago I think yeah and uh, at that time, it's like, well, it's an idea. Let's see what happens. And you and Kavika have just um, turned it into um, a living, breathing manifestation and perpetuation of Lomi Lomi and Aloha. And I just mahalo you for that. Mahalo, Makana. Mahalo, Anui, once again to our guest today, Makana Risachai for joining us on Leo Koopa. Mahalo to all our listeners. Leo Koopa is produced by myself and Mr. Kavika Brown. Please share this podcast with your ohanas. Also, if you could do us a favor and rate this podcast on iTunes so to make it easier to find for people and to access. Subscribe to our mailing list at huimauliola.org. Check out our socials, Instas, and Facebooks. And if you got any questions or comments, please kahea mai. Mahalo for the stories in Leo Kupa today, Makana. Nui ke aloha. From Makana Research Ai, Oao Kamaka Nui Aha Ilono, Ola. E kia kua mauna loa la ilalo kekai, na auma kua yaka hina kua, yaka hina alo, ikahikina, komohana na kupuna. Mahalo pia, e humaika ike, ka ikaika, kamana ke ola. Manea uko, manea mako. Mania Kako A Mama Uana E Ho Omana Noe Mahala Nui